Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the conversation. Welcome back to Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose-driven. We believe in people that stand for something. Today's conversation is going to be a wrap-up of sorts. It's going to be the combination of some of the greatest collection of meta-advice we've received over the course of many years. By meta-advice, I mean we have these people, we have these ideas, we know these people that can give you these simple directions and advice that serve you on multiple levels. They're not just a simple recommendation. They're a pretty comprehensive rep- representation summarized in a simple way to understand and execute. So we have these ideas that these sage people out there that have walked the path before us, that have fought the fight before us, that is gifted in their ability to see with clarity, articulate, transfer information. But there's this long-standing idea of sage advice. In fact, if you if you go back and watch or re-listen to the episode on the greatest story of that is you, there's a unique character type that is consistent across all cultures throughout time in the way we construct our meaning of reality and what's going on. And it's, and it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's the wise person. It's this, this, this magical person you meet in your life that can give you this, this tool or this magical device or something extremely useful. So in the spirit of that sage person, today, today's conversation, we're going to wrap up six powerful advices that we believe can really propel you forward. So welcome to today's conversation, the summation of the sages. All right, all right, let's just jump right in to the summation of the sages. These advices are not given in any particular order. The idea and hope here is that at least one or multiple or even all of these might provide you with insights and ideas into how you can combine them in such a way that unlocks some magic, what seems to be magic in your life right away. So let's jump right in with that mission and intention in mind. So the first advice is for people out there that are trying to launch a new venture, start a new business. We all know that most people more than mostly talk about that than they actually do about that, (laughs) right? We know that most ideas remain as ideas. People don't act on them. But here's the first advice. The first advice is to treat your new business or new venture, to treat your new business like a job. Sounds counterintuitive. Treat it like a job, right? Most people... You know, when they when they feel that they want to launch their own business, the the behavior and activities they want to adopt, and it seems to make logical sense, is that of the commander, like CEO. They want to be their own boss. But for most people, when because it's a new business or a new venture, you're moving into a territory that you don't have tons of experiences in. You have tons of experiences in something else, a different life metaphor, that of a job. <laughs> but it just so turns out that if you treat your business or your new venture like a job, you will probably be successful. Now, what do we mean by that? 
Well, we all know how we treat a job, right? Jobs we love and jobs we hate. There are some fundamental things we treat them all the same way. One is we know we have to show up. We know we have to show up on a regular basis. And this is such a high priority in our lives that we schedule around it. Many of us schedule very important things in our lives around this, like where are we going to put kids and who are we going to do? You know, these, these very important things we schedule around the fact that, well, we have to show up. When we show up, we have to be engaged for some predetermined allotment of time, whether it's a nine to five or a day or whatever that block is in a job. We know that we must be committed to doing our tasks for some predetermined amount of time. And we do these activities knowing that we're going to be judged by our ability to do these very things, to show up, to do the dedicated time, and to get results. We know these. We know these going into to any job. We also know that we have to take, we have to take some type of direction from somebody outside of ourselves, whether that be a boss or a manager or owner, whatever that is. When we have a job, we know these things. And we, we also know that we don't pick and choose what advice we take from these people based upon our own ideas of our relative intelligence as compared to theirs or our ability as compared to theirs. Many people that are listening to this podcast right now know in your heart of hearts that you do your job better than your boss can. But still, the boss has a role, you have a role, and to protect the solvency of your job, you have to take outside counsel. So these are just some of the functions of a job that if we applied to our own personal launching of a venture or launching of a business, we would be way better off. Most people that say they want to have their own business or try to do their own new project or venture, they don't do those first fundamental things that we all do every day with a job. Quite ironically, many people that are saying they want to have, I'm just picking on launching businesses right now because I, I tend to get, uh, get tapped into a lot of entrepreneurial um, events and minded people. And many people that are saying they want to run their own deal, they want to be their own boss, but they, can't, they don't do those fundamental things we just talked about for themselves, but they do those fundamental things every day and diligently for somebody else. That's just the hard truth, right? So the first sage advice is treat your new business or treat your new venture like a job. Now, now over time, just a caveat, over time, you will transition from treating it like a job to actually being your own boss. So there's more of those executive-like functions that people dream about, right? But you have to get the machine in place. You have to get the train rolling. You have to get momentum. You have to get all these things moving down the track. And it's not executive-type tasks that usually are required to make all that beginning stuff happen, come together, and start to move. You have to do some tangible daily activities that you will look to you more like the function of a worker, a job than an executive. Okay. Advice number two, treat your job as a training engagement. Now, 
Regardless of what we do with jobs, regardless of what we have in terms of where we are on our career path, if we have these bigger and bolder things we're trying to transition into, which tends to be the kind of makeup of the people attracted to this podcast, you know, we have these things we're, we're creating, these missions we're on, these higher life purposes we want to align ourselves with. But we do what we have to do, right? It's called survival and it's called being practical. So we have these jobs, we have these, you know, careers, if you want to put that in quotes, we have these things we do to sustain ourselves and to provide for the people we love. So the best advice is, one of the powerful advices about how to look at your job, if it's not your chosen lifelong career, is as training. You can look at any situation as training. A couple of things happen when you do this, a couple of very powerful things. We're just going to touch on them lightly for this podcast. But one is it removes the frustration from most people because it, it aligns your activity with your larger life goal. What do we mean by that? Well, when you can view your daily activity, whether it be an eight hour day or an 18 hour day, as training that will serve your higher purpose of this thing you want to do, this business you want to launch, this venture you want to do, this big, this, this person you want to become, when you can view what you do in such a way that you understand fully that it's training you to be ready for that, then you don't feel the negative thoughts associated with spending so much time doing that activity. In fact, you completely flip it in that moment to serve you. And the better trained you are, the better you're going to be, the more ready you're going to be, the more capable you're going to be when you transitioned into things that you do not perceive as your job, but perceive as your life's mission. So treat your, as best you can, find a way to treat your current job as if it's training. A very detailed expansion of this idea in a very practical and useful way is in a podcast we did called The Blue List. Holly and uh, The Blue Diet. It's, it's a built around this idea of building a blue list. Holly encourage you to go take a listen to that and apply some of that in your life. So that's sage advice number two. Sage advice number three. Learn to measure motion, not emotion. Learn to measure motion, not emotion. But what do we, what do we mean by that? Well, in your act of doing those first two things, you want to look around and you want to try to build the habit of, of measuring motion, measuring things that move, like what moved today, mostly in the real world, what moved, what changed, and what changed in a way that you can measure. And obviously, we're talking about as related to your life's goal, your life's purpose, your mission, your goal, your dream, your desire, your vision. What changed today? And most people fall into the trap of measuring emotion, right? So what do I mean by that? Well, somebody has this great idea of this business they want to launch or this venture they want to do. So they have these great, tremendous phone calls and they talk about it passionately for hours on end with these friends and their associates. And at the end of that, they feel like they've accomplished a lot today, right? They, wow, they're tired, they're exhausted. Man, I'm going to really make this thing happen. But what did they do today that can actually be measured, right? So... We got to build a habit. We got to separate for practical purposes. We have to separate the, our uh, value of our activity to the things that create movement, change, right? We call it physical evidence. There's a podcast on that um, where, where you build a habit of creating daily evidence, right? Because that's a measure of movement. You can't control, you can't control or change what you don't measure, right? 
And you, so let's constantly focus on doing things that can be measured. So let's go back and let's take that example I gave and transform it a little. Let me, let's give you two examples. So does it, when you have these, let's just say you have this task, you're trying to do this new venture and you do research on this new venture and you write down all the results of your research. So that's kind of a slightly different step from thinking about it and talking about it, but the act of writing it down, the results of it, transforms that whole event, that whole activity into something that's tangible, physical, and actually measurable. So what changed today? Well, what changed today was yesterday, I had zero pages of notes written on the research related to my intended goal, my path, my vision, my mission, but today I have 10 pages. So what changed was the number of pages from zero to 10. That's measurable, that's trackable, that means there's movement. That's what we mean by measuring motion, motion being related to movement, change, versus emotion, how you feel about where you are and how you feel about how today went, you know? If you think you had a great day today related to your business, my, my question to you as an outside independent counsel would be awesome. I'm glad you had a great day. What changed? What measure? What did you, what did you do that you can measure and how much was that measurable change? That's eye-opening for many people because what they've spent a lot of time doing is not measurable. What they're measuring is emotion, not motion, not change, okay? Advice number three. Number four. Number four, number four, try to view time as the flow of money. It's just a great metaphor. We often hear the, the phrase that time is money, and what most, most, most people interpret that to mean is that, um, that there's some type of cost associated with the, a block of time, which is very accurate to the metaphor we're trying to encourage us all to adopt. When we can adopt this mindset that time, when we can try to view time or mentally view time as the flow of money. Now, the flow of money is to make it meaningful for you to, you to tap into that whole fear of loss. We talk about that in a different podcast. Fear of loss is an incredible human motivator and might be the biggest of all human motivators. Um, fear of loss starting with the loss of life. But still, what we're trying to do is if, imagine that every action you take is, is connected to a flow of this resource you have that we're gonna view as money. So I'll view it as money coming from a bank account. But here's the thing you need to understand. Everything creates a transaction, but you don't know what your balance is. You never know what your balance is. You might think you know have some general ideas, but you don't know. But you know mathematically at some point, you're gonna write a check and it's gonna bounce. You're just gonna be out. You're going to be out of time. You're not going to have enough to cover the check. So what you want to do is just be content, conscious of how this flow is happening. So when you make the decision to sit down and binge watch that movie for six hours, you know, realize that there's an actual cost to that, right? Remember the flow of money. You're paying a cost to do that. So at the highest level, what is the cost that you've paid for binge watching a movie for six hours. Well, at the highest level, what you've done is you've eliminated your ability to apply the transaction of time across those six hours to anything else. That the highest summary is that. 
You can no longer apply those six hours to anything else that might better serve you than the movie for that block of time. Am I saying you shouldn't binge watch? Absolutely not. Binge watch is great for you. That might be a very needed part of your lifestyle, life maintenance, right? Creative outlet, all that good stuff. But just be aware that there, nothing is free. There's a cost to all activity, right? And there's a cost in time and time flows and it's coming from a, an account of which you do not know the balance. So think about that when you decide what you're gonna do, especially on a systematic basis. You know, it's one thing to binge watch a movie for six hours on a Saturday just because you feel like relaxing and blowing off steam and unwinding. It's another thing to build a habit of doing that every day. The cost is enormously different in those two scenarios. So. That's the um, fourth sage advice. The fifth advice is to view your relationships as your statement to the universe, your statement to the world and the universe of the types of character you want to defend, build, and own, incorporate, embody. View your chosen relationships as a type of character you want to defend, build, and embody yourself. So, you know, one of the biggest liabilities we have as individuals when we go on these missions is the, is the conflict or incongruency that might exist between who we need to be in terms of character and who the people around us are in terms of character. And these are nice, they are not independently separated facts. They're connected and contingent facts. We talk about that in a podcast where we talk about the thermodynamics of human connection. The title will have something to do with fire and ice. I encourage you to go look at that. We have an expanded conversation on this idea that you cannot independently be who you are separate from those that you're around, nor can they be that separate from you. And you are slowly becoming people that you are around as they are becoming you. So it can be a good thing for the people, your chosen relationships, or it can be a liability. Again, these are just ideas to be aware of just so that you can plan efficiently and make your qualified decisions. Some relationships may be not the best for you, but may be important to you. So just know that and make allowances to adjust for that. That's all we're saying, just not to go, not to be a leaf floating down the pond, letting all these forces act upon you and then wondering why you end up where the pond flows. No, what we're saying is understand as much as you can around the physics of the pond and direct that leaf as best you can to go to the places that are closest to the places you actually want to go. That's all we're saying. Be consciously aware of it. All right, we are making progress. Those are five powerful advices from the sages. Now the six I consider to be a summation of the five. It's a way to, in one failed swoop, activate all of those fives in your behalf instantly, in an instant. It's an elegant summation of these ideas wrapped up into a concept that might be one of the most transformational concepts known to humanity. And it's elegantly contained in a single word. In the word, we understand all the dynamics involved 
in this concept to ignite all five of these great elements of devices. It's this concept that will put fire to get your butt up and moving. It's a word. It's a single word. It's a word that's been used throughout the annals of time. It's a word that turns a peasant into a warrior, a warrior into a king. It's the word that small collections of people use to create a rebellion or a revolution. It's a word that some collections of people have used to create nations. It's a powerful word. It's a word that once embodied, spoken, believed, and acted upon transforms who you are into something unstoppable. This word is enough. Enough. When you can get to the point and station in your life where you can look around at things you no longer are willing to accept and say enough, in that moment everything changes and all those other advices can fall into place and serve you. One thing to remember That's very, very powerful. You can never change anything in your life that you are willing to tolerate. Let me let that settle in. Because the first time I heard that, it was like a lightning bolt, like shazam. Bam, it hit me, resonated through the fiber of my being. Because I immediately flashed back across areas of my life that I might not have been comfortable with and and realized that, well, if I'm willing to tolerate these things, they will persist. You can never change anything in your life that you are willing to tolerate. So if you're not able to employ one of those first five sage advices, it's probably because you're willing to tolerate some things that are against that. You just are. For whatever reasons that is, just know that going into this, go into it with eyes wide open. You can never change anything in your life that you are willing to tolerate. So if you can not tolerate them, you will find the power. Once you must do something, you will do that something. So my friends, these are six advices of the sages we think are very, very powerful. I hope someplace in here you found at least one or a couple of these or a combination of these that will give you the sequence of strategy, ideas, insight for you to unlock magic in your life. What will look like magic to others? You will look like an avatar walking through your own reality of time, space, and physics, where things you need to show up just show up and things you need to happen, happen. But that's because you are playing an active role as a participant in the creation of these scenarios, these probabilities that serve you. Remember, we're talking in the realm of just math, probabilities, probabilities. It looks mystical to the others looking on the outside because they don't understand what's on the inside of you driving you to be that unstoppable person. Well, my friends, this was a fun conversation. I think they all are pretty fun. I don't know. <laughs> but um, here's my challenge to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend a challenge to you into this one. I challenge you if you found value in one of these six advices to, to share to share the information with this podcast or the link to this podcast with six other friends that you know that might be able to use something in one of these six. You just never know, right? You just never know that somebody right around you, close to you, that you really care about is really on a mission. They might not be speaking about it, but they re- believe in it fiercely and they're just trying to put together the plan, see the path forward, and you might aid to them being able to do that. And if you can do that, the thanks that come from them is of an unspeakable type, an unmeasurable type, and it will make you feel good. Now, in my attempt to have you share this link with other people, am I doing this to build the brand of this podcast? A little, yeah, a little. 
But more importantly, what I'm doing is I'm trying to do in the moment what we just talked about. I'm giving you a way to measure movement, measure motion, right? We talked about that in this very podcast. We talked about that in this very podcast. We also talked about this idea in a much more expanded way in the podcast called Blast Off, right? Go listen to that if you haven't. We talk about how to go from my idea to motion right away and make that work. So what I'm trying to do now is demonstrate for you how I take philosophy and turn it into practical production, right? And I'm doing it with you right now by creating this challenge of saying, hey, why don't you share this with six other people that you think might benefit from the conversations had today as we explored sages, sage advice. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. Um, we, we're having a great time with this. We are expanding rapidly. We are now have begun our series of interviews, and we have some powerful, powerful, super interesting and cool people <laughs> teed up to, to do these interviews. I will, we will conduct these interviews on the random schedule that is called <laughs> Life, right? But they are coming, and we have a list of strong of great stuff to share. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what's going to be shared on the interviews because many of these are conversations that have actually never been had with me and these people. I just know they have these unique stories and paths and abilities, and um, I'm equally as excited of hearing what they have to share. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Please share the information about Symbol Athletica. You never know when somebody you share this with might just vibe with the spirit of this tribe. See you on the next podcast. More than any other time in human history, we find that our attention, our focus, our clarity, and our moods are all under attack. They're under attack by the change of the day, the pace of the day, and the stress of the day. Many people might be shocked to realize that how much our mental energy is the driver behind our action, whether it's starting our new fitness plan, launching our new personal project, or doing those things that we know we need to do, but we just can't seem to get to them. Well, now science in two major areas have come together with a solution. In the areas of nootropics, which is advanced brain food, and in the area of nanotechnology, the science of making things very, very small. They've come together with a solution called Brain Reimagined. It's an incredible solution to instantly give you the mental energy required to do things that you're not even realizing why you're unable to do. We invite you to take the Love It Challenge. The Love It Challenge is simply to light up your mental energy and see how it affects your day. And then to use that newfound energy to focus on things that matter to you most, those things you truly love. Take the Lovitch Challenge today at L-O-V-I-T Challenge. Again, that's love it with no E, L-O-V-I-T Challenge.com and see what a difference it makes for you to actually be turned on.